0: Biblical convictions start with the Bible, okay? Because we are citizens of heaven. Now, what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven? I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter three. You're in Ephesians, next book, three twenty. Number one. Being a citizen of heaven, number one, means this this world is only my temporary home. I'm living in a tent. That's what Paul said. That's what Peter said. Uh, That's what uh, the writer of Hebrews says, that they look for an enduring city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And this is what Paul says in Philippians 3.20. He says, For our citizenship is in heaven. From whence we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. So our orientation, the direction of our life, the eager awaiting means we are turning and longing for that. And people say, how come you appear so unattached to this world? You don't seem to be living like we live and living for what we live for. Why is that? And you say, because I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm registered, as Hebrews 12 says, I'm registered in heaven. That's where my affections are. Now, I want to take you with me, but that's where I'm going because I'm only temporarily here. Now, what about the struggles with our culture? Well, go back to Daniel. Uh, Daniel, now, he's a public figure who was second in command in two empires, and so he has a lot to say about how citizens of heaven behave on earth. And what's interesting is, with all of Daniel's powers and ability, he never forced the Babylonians to become Judeo-Christians. Isn't that interesting? All he did is personally follow his biblical convictions. He never forced them on the culture. He just pointed out the evils. And would not go along with the evils. It's very interesting when people say they want to be like Daniel. There aren't very many like that anymore. There, there are a lot that, that are trying to, to Christianize society through legislation. You cannot Christianize lost people through legislation. It doesn't work. Christianize comes from the inside. It's not paint. It's, it's, it's an IV. You know, it's, a, it's, it's a transformation on the inside. Well, look what he says in chapter 2 of Daniel. It's just fascinating. In verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. What is the biblical doctrine of the attribute of God of wisdom? That God does everything the best way possible. That's his wisdom. How he does it is the very best way it could ever be done. And it doesn't just say wisdom, but it says might. What is that? That's the doctrine of his omnipotence, that God can accomplish all his will. So he can do whatever he wants that's his will, and he does it the best way possible. So... He changes the times, verse 21, the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and light dwells with him. You know what he was Daniel was saying? In short, God rules over every part of this world. It's not like, oh, the election was rigged. We lost that one. It was, you know, they cheated. God rules over every part of this world. No leader comes to power that God does not allow. He calls them his ministers. And there are a lot of people that that unnecessarily are denying the doctrine of the wisdom and might of God by their responses. That they think that that they are called to remove and raise up kings. Uh, Daniel 4, keep going uh, to verse 17. It's just a... The continuation of this, God selects the rulers. The decision, this is God talking to Nebuchadnezzar, the decision by the decree of the watchers, the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. That's very good. That's often what happens, that the very lowest make it to the top. But God selects the rulers of this world. Verse 25, again to Nebuchadnezzar, they shall drive you from uh, men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They'll make you eat grass like oxen. You'll wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times will pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And when he does, keep going to John chapter 19. This is fascinating. This is Jesus weighing in on the politics of his day, and what Jesus says is fascinating in John 19:11. Jesus says, "God allows rulers to do what is perceived by us as evil." The crucifixion of Christ was considered by, you know, everybody that knew and loved him at the moment, that was bad. It was evil. But God allowed the rulers to do what was perceived as evil to accomplish the larger purpose of God. And see, that's what we don't often see. And we are so myopically short-term focused on the, the little hole that we're trying to plug that we don't see what God's doing. He might want the dam to break, the dike to break. And we're spending all of our time plugging it when he has a far greater plan Jesus answered, uh, John nineteen eleven and said, You, he's talking to Pilate, the Roman-appointed governor, highest power in the land. You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Bingo. He said, Pilate, you were appointed to this procuratorship, this governor position by God, not by Nero. God puts you here. And we need to realize that.